Cool. Good one, Luke. Hi, I am Luke Holt. This podcast that you're listening to currently is Analysis Paralysis. If you clicked on the very cute child uh, fit picture with teal analysis paralysis text, that is who I am. That is a picture of me as a child, um, a.k.a. Uh, like two years ago. As we've expressed, I'm only 15 years old. Um, so, let, there's th- you know, I have things to talk about. Um, let me think. I'm very scatterbrained currently because I just got finished playing a board game that kind of hurt my brain, which is what I'm going to be reviewing today. Uh, but in the meantime, a couple things have happened in the last week or so. Uh, I have been playing Ghost of Tsushima, and I will be reviewing that once I finish it. Um, so there's that, which is exciting. Uh, I went and saw, I was going to do a, a, a formal review of this movie, but I don't really think it's worth it. Um, but I saw the movie Chaos Walking. It has Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley known for Spider-Man and Star Wars. And, uh, the basic, it's based off of a book, which you can tell right off the bat. Uh, but the basic gist of the movie is there is a colony of men who live on a planet where their, every thought they have can be heard. Uh, and so they don't really speak. They just have what they call the noise coming out of their heads. And it should have been a comedy rated R because it would have been hilarious just to see all the ridiculous thoughts they have. But instead it takes itself a little bit too seriously. And um, it's just a colony of men. There's no women on the planet. And that's because women, uh, some of these uh, creatures called the Spaggle or Spackle uh, killed all of them. And women don't have any don't have any noise thoughts coming out of their head so um yeah so they're all dead and basically uh daisy ridley's character crash lands on this planet and she's the only girl and no one's ever seen a girl and they start going after her and uh her and tom holland are on the run and uh it's like a super duper average movie like it's something that i'd watch on tv randomly i would i wouldn't pay to see it again I wouldn't recommend it either. Uh, it just... I don't know. It just wasn't that good. It, there are just so many stupid little plot holes. Like, there are a couple funny moments in it, but nothing worth your time. Uh, even though it has really... Like, Mads Mikkelsen, he's one of my favorite actors. He's in it, and he does a good job, but he doesn't carry the movie by any means. So, yeah, there's that. Um... And because I'm worried about, uh, and I'm really excited to talk about Ghost of Tsushima, uh, because that game is fantastic. So, what are we talking about today? I'm going to start the review super early, because uh, I'm worried that I'm going to run out of time talking about it, at least in the explanation of the game. So, uh, the game that I played tonight, uh, as of an hour ago, is called Barrage. Uh, So, let's see who made it and all that stuff. So on Board Game... Oh, wow, it's high. Uh, on Board Game Geek, it is ranked overall 57. Strategy In the strategy category, it's 35. Um, makes sense. Uh, it came out in 2019. It has an 8.2 on Board Game Geek. It plays 1 to 4 players, 60 to 120 minutes, uh, 14 plus for age, and the weight is 4.03 out of 5. 
and it is designed by Simone Luciani and Tommaso Battista. Simone Luciani sounds really familiar, so let's see what else he did. Oh, okay. He did... Oh, wow. He did Lorenzo El Magnifico, which I haven't played and I want to. The Voyages of Marco Polo and Sulkin and Grand Austria Hotel. I've heard of all of these games, so he's he's a household name as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, so the general idea of what Barrage is... Uh, let me just read the thing. It's, it'd be way better than what I'm probably going to try and come up with. Uh, in the, in the dystopic 1930s, the Industrial Revolution pushed the exploitation of fossil-based resources to the limit, and now the only thing powerful enough to quench the thirst for power of the massive machines and of the unstoppable engineering progress is the unlimited hydroelectric energy provided by the rivers. Barrage is a resource management strategic game in which players compete to build their majestic dams, raise them to increase their storing capacity, and deliver all the potential power through pressure tunnels connected to energy turbines of their powerhouses. So, the CliffsNotes version of that is the board is essentially a mountainous valley that trickles down, and there are a bunch of pipes and a um, bunch of uh, interconnected pipes with different colored uh, like tubes to show what is connected to what. And essentially at the top of the board, there are these little water droplets that are uh, these wooden pieces that trickle down and based on where you build your stuff, they'll stop or something along those lines and then they trickle off the board eventually. And you get points for being there during that process. So, um, so just first right off the bat thoughts before I talk about the game. Um, the game has this really, just based on what I've heard about it, it has this kind of echo chamber of, oh, this game is so mean and so difficult, and it's a brain burner and all this stuff. And I agree with some of that to an extent. I don't consider games to be mean necessarily because it's just the way that you play them. The game encourages encourages you to block people's water supply and stuff but as far as it being like a game where if someone screws you over it's not a back-breaking event um so it i'm sure once i understand it a little bit better uh it will be much more of a brain burner because i'll have all the options uh i'll understand the options more clearly and I'll be able to kind of build a strategy around that, and then probably people will be blocking that, which will make it more difficult. But just first thoughts, it it wasn't as mean and horrific and difficult as I thought it would be. Um, yes, it is definitely a heavy game, but um, not as bad as I thought it was going to be, which is nice. Uh, but there are definitely things in it that are confusing to the point where I didn't feel comfortable getting on the podcast here and explaining it without reading the rules again. So let's go over the game. So the point of the game is to get the most points, and the way that you get points is by building dams and powerhouses and uh, conduits uh, amongst the board and uh, sending the water through your conduits uh, to your other dams to get a bunch of points, right? So there are uh, four boards that you're going to be interacting with. You have a personal board, 
you have the actions like worker placement board. You have the board where the water actually trickles down and where you place your pieces. Uh, and then there is a energy uh, scale board. Um, there is another board, but it doesn't recommend that you play with it the first go through. Uh, so we didn't play with it. Um, and then you also have a, a gear, a turning gear on your, uh, that's essentially aside from your personal board. So you start the game off. Uh, I have the rules book in front of me because there has to be some structure to this freaking game because it's a lot of stuff. A lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. Where are the components here? Okay, so you have workers and those are your 12 engineers. And you get those at the beginning of each round and once everyone uses all of them, uh, that's when the round ends. There are five rounds in the game and at the beginning of uh, the first through fourth round, there are water droplets that are placed at the top of the board, uh, but then there isn't any in the fifth round. And essentially what happens is on your turn, uh, you get to do one action. And those actions can be putting someone on your own player board to build something. It can be putting them onto the uh, worker placement board. And that's pretty much the only two options that you have. So to go over the worker placement board, uh, there are, okay, so let's rewind. I, I'm, I apologize, this is gonna be probably a little bit uh, scattered, but you have a character board and on that character board, there are like little indented spots on it. And on those spots, you have uh, five bases, five elevations, five conduits, and four powerhouses. As you build, you will take those pieces off of your board, and once you pull off one or two of them, you will unlock either, and it's different for each person, but you'll unlock an ability of some sort or some type of uh, refund or a resource that you'll get that you'll be given by your board so you're incentivized to build more stuff right um, and then you also have an assistant that's attached to your main character your main character has a an ability on them and that ability is only unlocked once you've placed your third powerhouse we actually played it incorrectly uh, we just used the R power from the beginning of the game which I th actually think is okay um, I'm sure I didn't see what the fourth guy does, but my ability was more of a passive ability while my, uh, the other players, theirs were more impactful in the moment. Um, but, uh, ultimately, uh, it didn't make like a huge, huge difference, but that's the proper way is once you undo that spot, then, then you go from there, then you have access to that ability and then you can kind of, you know, build your strategy towards that. Um, but then... You also have a um, assistant, or what is specifically called an executive officer. They give you an ability that you have from the beginning of the game. So that ability could be you can you usually you can only use this one resource to build this thing, but you can use this resource as well. Or mine is I essentially got a discount on building a certain thing instead of it costing five, four, or three. All of them across the board cost three, which does help a lot um, that is for sure so after that uh, everyone gets their character board everyone fills it up all that jazz and then uh, you take your turn and on your turn you can like I said take one action with your guys and let's see if I can pull up the board here 
uh, and go over what those things are. So there are five spots on, or not five spots, but there's like five different areas on that map uh, are on the character board. There is the turbine station, the bank, uh, it's so hard to read, the workshop, um, on, let me scroll down further and see if it shows that board a little bit better. All right, yeah, turbine station, water management, bank, workshop, and the contract office. The patent office is the thing that we didn't play with. Um, so to go in order, the turbine station is what allow... God, there's so many freaking things about this game. But I want to give... If you're interested in getting this game, I'm hoping through this podcast I can tell you every little thing about the game that I can possibly can without going overboard. Um that will tell you pretty much exactly how it plays so that you can make a very, very educated decision without having to read through the rule book and stuff. So that is why I'm being as thorough as I am. So uh, the turbine station is essentially the way that you build up energy and move your, uh, move your water from one dam to another or off the board, okay? Uh, water management is how you get water moving. It doesn't build you energy, but it moves. It builds up water onto a certain lane because there's four lanes that the, that they can trickle down. Uh, that allows you to add more water so that you get a bigger benefit out of it, or it lets you move water down, but it doesn't give you energy. That was something that I actually had a lot of trouble with. Um, the workshop, I'll come back to that last. Uh, the contract office essentially are these little mini quests is what I would like to call them. Uh, they have a energy number on them. And if on your turn, you get that much energy in one fit in one swoop, not like, it's not like, Oh, I got two energy here, five here and seven here. Um, you, what the hell did I just say? I lost my train of thought. Um, you have to get that amount of energy in one instance in order to activate the card. So basically you put a worker there, you can uh, grab one or two of them and they'll give you a resource of some sort. Like the ones I'm looking at gives you, lets you put a water on a lane and gives you $4 or gets you six victory points and gets you three water or uh, lets you put a building down for free or get an extra token or whatever, right? So that's uh, just a passive way to kind of benefit give you an extra benefit to the things that you're doing. Um, one thing I did forget is the machinery shop. At the beginning of the game, you start off with three resources. You start off with money, you start off with, what are they called? Excavators and concrete mixers. Uh, and there's these nice, cool little brown and uh, silver tokens. And uh, you can you start off with six of the excavators and four of the concrete mixers, and those can build specific things and uh, it lets you go to this machinery shop to buy extra ones of those things. And it's actually super expensive to buy them. And it doesn't feel like you're getting a lot out of it, but it makes sense in the long run, which I'll get to. Um, and then uh, all of these things are gonna kinda come together here with the workshop. So the workshop lets you rotate your construction wheel. Now, your construction wheel is basically looks like a uh, I think a, a piece of uh, a pizza pie with six slices. That's the best way I can uh, explain it. 
at the top of it there's an opening where you have these five different actions that you can use on your player board. Uh, on your player board you can place one uh, the first time that you build something you place one worker. The second time you place two, third time you place three, and the fourth time you place three and you pay three dollars. So you can only build four times in one round. And when you build you take the token of the thing that you want to build. So if you want to build a conduit, uh, you can build a conduit, you can build a powerhouse, you can build a base, an elevation, uh, or you have a wild card, which lets you basically do one of the things twice. And when you do those, you put the little segment piece into the wheel, okay? And when you put it into the wheel, you pay the allotted resources. So, for example, and it's shown on your player board. For example, uh, if you wanted to place a powerhouse, you would take the powerhouse token, and on your board it tells you how much it costs for the first one, the second one, third one, fourth one. Uh, and the first one costs two, so and you start off with four. So you would pay two concrete mixers and put them on the wheel itself. And then after you do that, you rotate the wheel clockwise once. So you don't lose the concrete mixers or the excavators that you use throughout the game. You get them back once your wheel does a full 360 degree rotation. So to go back to the workshop, the workshop allows you to expedite that process because uh, otherwise you would only rotate your wheel every time that you built something. So instead of having to wait that long, you can go to the workshop, put a worker down, and it will let you either pay money or uh, multiple workers to move it one, two, or three spaces. Uh, and that actually is super duper cool. Uh, that was my favorite thing in the game, most likely, because you uh, basically, you send like these workers out and it takes them time to do their thing but then you get them back. So that's why it's so expensive at the uh, the machinery shop because you get those things for the rest of the game. You never lose them and you can mitigate how quickly you get them back, which is really, really neat. It was, uh, I never felt deprived of resources, which was really nice. Um, and then the last place is the most basic one is the bank. Uh, anybody can go there as many times as they want and for each worker that you place there, you get money. I actually never went to that spot the entire game and I was super comfortable with the amount of money that I had. Uh, so that is just, if you wanna go there, you can go there if you need it. But I never had to, which was awesome. So those are the, <laughs> those are the actions you can do on uh, the worker placement board and on your own personal board. Your own personal board is all building. And once you build something, you put, it, you put that and the resources you use to build it onto your wheel, you rotate your wheel, and then once that wheel does a 360 degrees, you get access to be able to build that building again, and you get your excavators and your concrete mixers back. Oh, okay. So now to the meat and potatoes of the game, um, which I'm really, really, really gonna try to make this not sound like it's uh, painful. At the top of the board, there are four lanes. In each lane, there are some amount of water droplets. When someone does the action to push water down, the water will go down until it hits a dam. 
when you build a dam, you can build two elevations on top of it. The amount of dams and elevations is equal to the amount of water that can be held there. So, for example, if you have a dam with one elevation on top of it, that then you that means you have essentially uh, two dams there. If three water droplets go down, two of them would hit your dam, and now it's reached its capacity, so the third one would trickle down and probably fall into somebody else's. Or if there's no dam there to catch it, it will fall off the board and cease to exist. So it's a wasted water, essentially. Um, so the max that you can hold is uh, three water in one spot. Okay. Um, on the board, there is an icon indicating what type of building can be placed there. And uh, there are a bunch of free spots, but then later on in the game, once those free spots are taken up, or they don't have to be taken up in order for you to do it, but you can place the same type of building above it to uh, and pay, you, you have to pay uh, $3 for each one. Uh, someone can go to a free spot and then if someone wants to take that spot, essentially, they don't knock them out of the way. They just take that spot and they pay $3 on top of that to put their thing there. So, and that essentially has you getting the water instead of them getting the water, which is the whole point of the game. Uh, oh, God. Uh, where the hell do I go next? Uh, the board is broken up to the three into three different areas. There are mountains, which those are the hardest ones to build on, that, aka they cost the most resources to build on, uh, and they're at the top of the board. Hills are in the middle, they're the second most expensive, and then plains, that's usually like, if you have a couple things left, you can build stuff down there. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. So, what do the buildings that you're building have a purpose for? Dams are pretty straightforward. You build them and they stop water. Elevations, you build on top of dams and that increases the amount of water that can be held at that spot. Conduits are what allow you to gain energy. And I will come back to that. And powerhouses are what help you connect your dams to your conduits. Oh God, so confusing. So you basically need three things in order to get water running. <clears throat> you need to have a dam and a powerhouse or another dam connected via one of the colored pipes. And then you also, or not you specifically, but there also needs to be a conduit attached to those two things. So once you have those three things, you are able to produce, is what it's called, take a production action to move water through your pipeline. So, sorry, let me take a sip of, a sip of Coke, because how far am I into this? 23 minutes? Good God. Ah. Okay, so, because this was the hardest thing for me to understand in the game, but it's also the most important thing to understand. Basically, 
like I said earlier, if someone takes an action to push water down, it doesn't give you any energy. But conduits are really the pivotal thing in the game. So let's just say, for instance, let me get a let me get a copy of the board here. <clears throat> okay, let's just say, for instance, I have a dam, just a dam with no elevations, and a powerhouse in the first lane with a conduit connected to it holding one thing of water. What happens then when I take the production action is there are little numbers next to the conduits on the board. Those numbers are indicative of how expensive it is in order to build that conduit, and they are also indicative of how much energy you produce when you make a production action with a water droplet in that area. So to back up a little bit, if I wanted to build, and this says it on your player board, if I want to build a conduit, it costs uh, excavators, and it costs two multiplied by the number next to the conduit. So the top of the board is all the mountainous regions, and those cost three, four, or five. So for this example, I will we'll use a five. So it costs me five times two, so ten excavators to build one there. Super expensive. I didn't. I never built one there the entire game. So you would put one. Uh, you would put one there if you paid the ten. So now back to the example. We have one water droplet with a dam and a powerhouse that are connected and a conduit. So on my turn, I put two workers in the turbine station, which allows me to move the water down. So I have one droplet of water and the conduit has a five next to it, like we previously discussed, which is why it costs 10. So you take five <clears throat> and multiply it by the number of water droplets that are in your dam, in this case, five times one is five, and then the water moves down, goes through the powerhouse, and there's nothing to catch it so it falls off the board. So, in this case, I would get five times one, so I would get five energy. So then, my little thing moves up the tracker on the energy, uh, on the energy track, up to five, okay? And we'll get to that. So ideally what you would like to do is instead of it falling off the board is you would have another dam down there to catch it and then have another conduit there so that you can do that action multiple times and get the most energy out of the water. So that's that's really the whole the that is the whole point of the game is to connect as many things as possible, activate your conduits as many times as possible, okay? But what makes things tricky is you do not have to own the conduit that you're activating. That is where the game gets tricky. However, you do have to have a powerhouse and a dam or two dams connected to each other in order to, you know, actually do the, do the ability. But let's just say, if we go back to my initial, initial example, uh, on my turn, I have a dam built already, and then I decide to build a, uh, what are they called? I haven't written down in a thing here. I have a dam, 
and a powerhouse built. Now all I have to do is build a conduit. But on my opponent's turn, he decides to build a conduit attached to my two things. Now it's a good thing because I can still activate and move my water and get the energy for it. But I now, since I activated his conduit, I have to pay him and he gets victory points for the number of water droplets that I'm moving out of my dam. So in the same example, I have one and I activate it. I would have to give him one gold and he would gain a victory point. So that's where the game gets tricky because you can't just do your own thing and build and you know monopolize one side of the map. If someone sees that you're really building up to kind of take control of the lane, essentially every t if they build uh, conduits everywhere that you're going, they essentially are charging you. They're charging you every single time, and they're they're moving ahead in points because every every little bit of points matters. You still get the energy, which is good, but still. So that's like the biggest bulkiest part of the game, and it took me for by the time that I realized what was going on. Um, it was too late. All the all the spots were already taken um, because it just didn't click with me right off the bat. Because there's so many moving parts in the game, and I know I appreciate whoever's still listening. Um, okay, so that's the, that is the bulk of the game, right? Then let's just fast forward and say that everyone has used all of their things. There's some things on the board. At the end of that round, the water trickles down. And mind you, anytime the water's trickling down, it, it's not you getting energy. Uh, it's just, I think of it as natural rainfall. It's just falling down and you can't do anything about it except have it catch, um, catch the water, which is how you get, which is how you activate it on the next turn and so on and so forth. A little bit, little engine buildy, but not, not very much so. So, um, the water trickles down. Some of it may fall off the board, but then some uh, people's things may catch it. Some people's dams and elevated dams may catch it. And then you go to the energy scoreboard. Now, on the energy scoreboard, there are uh, different things. It's variable to each game, but there are kind of goals that you can look forward to that kind of steer you in the direction of what you want to do. So, like I said, it's five rounds. So in the first round, in the example shown here, you... Uh, Whoever, if you you would get four points for each dam that you've built, okay? And so if you did that, then you would get four points, which is nice. Uh, and then in the second round, it would be however many elevations you have, you get four points. However many conduits you have, however many powerhouses, you get five points. And then uh, one of them is you get two points for every uh, contract that you've completed. Now, where it gets interesting is there are essentially these little borders. It kind of looks like a like windows, but there are these, these little borders on that track where if you aren't past that border on the track, you get minus four. Uh, you don't. You can never get victory points taken away from you, but uh, you get minus four points uh, for each window pane or each border that you haven't crossed. So let's just say, for example, like I said earlier, in the third round, you get four points for each conduit that you've built. So let's say that you've built three, so you would get 12 points, but you didn't get a bunch of energy that round. So you're still only uh, in the first uh, in the first uh, window pane, 
you would get minus four points for each spot that you're behind. So you're behind two and one, so you get minus four, minus four, so you get minus eight, uh, so you get 12 minus eight, which is four points. Um, okay, so then at the end of that, uh, at the end of the round, uh, the water trickles down, like I said, uh, you get victory points equal to the number of energy that you gained that turn, um, which is awesome because you get a lot of points in this game. So, uh, like the first round, I got six points, which was super cool. Uh, and then on that track as well, once you cross a certain threshold, there are a number of gold that you get if you've got to that point. So, if you get uh, two energy, you get two coins. If you get seven energy, you get four coins. If you get uh, what is it? 16 energy, you get six coins and so on and so forth. The higher you go, the better it is. And you can actually lap it. Uh, it goes up to 30, but then you can flip your little token over so it says 30 and then you get more, uh, which is what one of our buddies did, which is insane. And that's what I wanted to do the whole game, but I didn't get to do it. And then after that, first place gets six extra victory points. Second place gets two uh, extra victory points. And then uh, you redo the turn order, and it goes from last to first. So it lets you, it's a little bit of a catch-up mechanic, even though there's not a lot of sh moments in the game where you kind of get uh, screwed over in someone going to your spot. Because there's so... Like, moving water is the most important thing, and there's one, two, three, four... In a four-player game, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's ten spots for you to do it. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, so then, uh, you start the next round. If on your character board you've uh, put enough things out that have an ex you've put enough buildings out that have revealed a, an ability that has an exclamation point next to it, you it's essentially beginning of the turn income that you get. It might be turning your gear one uh, one time clockwise. It might be victory points. It might be uh, resources, something along those lines, but, um, uh, yeah, da, da, da. so, yeah, so then you start the turn, you get all your workers back, uh, you don't rotate your wheel or anything like that all the way around, you just naturally do that throughout the game. <sighs> so you do that for five rounds, uh, water refreshes, you place stuff on the board, you elevate your dams, uh, you place your powerhouses, uh, once you unlock your third powerhouse, you get access to your character's special ability, which is usually really, really, really good. Uh, and I think that's it. I think we got through it. Uh, at the end of the game, you score points for each dam that is holding, uh, or one point for each water that one of your dams is holding still. Uh, you get one point for every five uh, resources that you have accumulated and so you literally count up all the resources that you have and uh, not like I thought it was initially if I have nine gold and uh, five things then I would only get uh, one point from the gold because I only have one set of five but no you just count it all collectively and whatever you have you get extra points for that so that bumped us all up a little bit I was in first place the whole game, but then I got second place because uh, Pawn uh, got like 36 points from the energy track at the end of the game. And uh, Oh, and then at the, end of, uh, at the beginning of the game, you see what the end of game 
scoring bonus is going to be. And in this case, it was whoever has the most uh, pieces on the board. And Pawn and I were tied. We only had we had 13 pieces on the board. Uh, and so you, there's some way that you do some math and split it accordingly. Um, but everyone in the game, it was it was a relatively close game until the, the last point. Uh, but we were all within like ten to fifteen points of each other, so it, it was really, it was really fun. Uh, and my character's ability was like, if water just naturally falls down, I get to move up on the energy track if it passes through one of my uh, powerhouses, which was cool. But I liked what the other characters did way more. It let them move up on the energy track every time they produced, or it let them produce twice. And I was like, oh, I really want that way more. Um, but it gives you replayability. Um, which is nice because each character board is actually different too. Like if I remove my uh, second conduit from the board, I get to rotate my wheel once, but for somebody else, I might get be like get two or three victory points. So super cool. It's a very, very, so let's get to the, <laughs> so that's how you play the game. <laughs> um, but now uh, let me just, let me actually, bef- I, not that anyone gives a shit. But I'm going to scroll through the rule book real quick. Just make sure there's nothing that I missed. And please, 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 good Lord Almighty, do not try and play the game based on how I just explained it. Watch a How It's Played video. Read the rule book. Um, and if you're going to play this, either play it with people that are willing to learn and willing to sit there. It, it took us like three and a half hours to play the game. Uh, mind you, we were being very like casual and lax. Uh, and one of the people I played with, Tim, he has played the game like four or five times, but it's been a couple months since he played it. And this is definitely not a game that you can just pick up and go into if you haven't played it in a while. So, um, oh, and the the thing that we didn't play with, the patent office. I'm glad that we didn't because I don't, I don't, I don't know how I'd feel about it. I eventually will, obviously. But essentially what it is is uh, when you put uh, the ability to build something into your wheel and it's like in the middle of your wheel and you want to build it again, but you don't have your wild card accessible to you, there's a way that you can go there and buy uh, an extra tile so that you can do those things again, which is just another thing that you can do, which is is cool. But apparently they're like much better because they have like special effects on them, um, which I think would make the game actually a little bit more fun not to say that it isn't fun but it would it would spice it up a little bit because it's just another way to uh progress your actions and get your engine rolling a little bit better um we played three player uh when you play three player you block out some of the uh actions on the map uh which makes sense uh because they they would end up being really strong so what's my review uh i really really enjoyed it uh, I disagree with everyone saying, oh, it's the heaviest thing ever and blah, blah, uh, It definitely is a lot to take in, but at its core, as far as the worker placement and stuff, that all that stuff makes sense. Put your guys here. Move your, move your uh, construction wheel around. When your construction wheel does a full turn, you get your things back and you can use them again and you can build that type of building again. Your character board is super straightforward. It costs this much to build stuff in the mountains. It costs this much stuff to build stuff in the plains. Uh, once you remove this, you get this benefit. Your assistant gives you this benefit. Like there's so it's it's very very. Um, it's, I mean, 
it's not straightforward, no. But uh, the icons on the, on the game are very self-explanatory. There was not a lot of times we had to break out the rule book to try and figure out what things meant. Now, the hardest part of the game to understand, and if I stress to you, if you are going to teach this game to somebody, you need to absolutely be able to have someone slap you in the face while you're sleeping and, at, and to wake you up and ask you how the the concept of the uh, dams and the conduits and elevations and powerhouses work. You need to be able to spout that off like it's at a job interview because that is the most difficult thing to understand but is the absolute crux and point of the game. Uh, so... I would, uh, that, that's, I mean, I enjoy learning through process of elim elimination and making mistakes and asking questions. I, I'm not, I don't really read rule books beforehand. I always watch videos. Um, there's very few games I've learned through the rule book. And if I did learn them through the rule book, it was because, uh, it's a simple game, but a game like this is super heavy and yada, yada, yada. Did I like it? Yes. I liked it very much. I know that I will like it more the more that I play it. Uh, it will be much more rewarding. I can really hone in on what my strategy is going to be because I really wanted to move up that energy track, but I didn't fully grasp how to do that until it was too late. But now I know how, and I would love, absolutely love, to f have like a super cool, you know, engine going where all right, I'm going to move the water down, and then after I move the water down, I'll activate it. I'll move it down, and then I'll move it down to my other water, and then I'll put my, uh, my, uh, I keep forgetting what, I always want to call them pylons. I'll put my conduit down next to that uh, dam on my next turn, and then if someone else wants to try and activate it, then, they, then they'll have to pay me for it. And Man, it, it, uh, the, oh God, it's, it, it is really good. I really, really, really enjoy it. It's very deserving of the praise that it's getting. Um, I don't think it's as heavy as people think that it is. I, I disagree with calling something heavy. Ba I, actually, I, that's actually an interesting question. I don't know what determines something as heavy. Is it heavy because of the amount of strategy and like thought and analysis paralysis that you get put into? I didn't feel a lot of analysis paralysis when I was playing the game, honestly. Um because you can see what thing like if I want to move my construction wheel forward, I know how to do that, and I know what's going to do those things. And it, I don't know, it's not as thinky as I thought it was going to be, which is a good thing. Uh, but it also does require a good bit of thought. But I think people are calling it really, really heavy based on the entry fee of you know getting into it because it is it is a hard one to figure out un unless you're taught perfectly um and something that i've been struggling with as far as board games go is i've been trying to find games that are much easier to just bust out and play uh because i would love to play this with i mean i think i'm th very thankful and uh fortunate to have a group that will play this game on a weekly basis and it'll be really really fun but as far as busting this game out and being like hey guys you want to play a game about moving water <laughs> like it's and building dams 
uh, it won't be that successful because it will take forever to explain. And there are going to be a lot of questions during the game and it might drag on. And someone like me who enjoys the process of learning it may fall flat for someone who doesn't enjoy that process as much. Um, do I have, is there like a limit on here? Usually on Audacity, it says like, oh, you have a limit of how long this can be. Um, that was my roommate, if you heard that. Um, but another thing that I've heard about the game that I, or just, so Euro games in general, this is a Euro game. Uh, because of the worker placement and I guess it, you can call it mean if you want to because you can block people off but it's the whole point of the game so you get victory points and people pay you to do stuff it doesn't stop them from doing their stuff and if you build a dam where they wanted to build a dam they should have just got there quicker like sorry uh, but the theme really does come out in this game uh, a lot of euro games don't really have much theme but this game bleeds theme it's it's you can tell exactly what's going on when you look at the board. You see that the water's trickling down and people build stuff and it stops. And um, it's the theme is definitely there, which added a nice touch to it. Um, all right, so the only complaint that I have is uh, there was kind of some controversy around based around the game because apparently the Kickstarter version of the game had some like malfunctions and quality problems. Uh, my copy of the game, the energy board, uh, had, you know, it wasn't a rip, but the bottom of it, like where it folds had torn. Um, it didn't, you couldn't see it cause it was on the bottom side, but, uh, and then a couple of the little pieces were either kind of like jagged or were a little bit broken, which is fine. I, I don't, I'm not a huge stickler for stuff like that, especially cause there's so many of the little pieces. But, um, and I don't, I can't really speak to like the quality issues. So just buy the game. I, I would, if you have people that are willing to play a game like this, please play it and pick it up. It is about 70 bucks on, uh, Amazon everywhere else. It's like 80 to 90. Uh, so I would try to get a bargain on it. Um, it is a super duper fun game. It's a brain burner. It's, um, there's a lot of player interaction and the wheel is a really, really cool ability. You don't feel like you're totally screwed on money the entire game. And you actually like benefit and get a lot of resources and the things that you want to do, you can do. It's just a matter of doing them before somebody else does. Uh, so I would definitely recommend it. If you can find a group that is willing to play it, uh, that's into that kind of heavy stuff. There is a solo mode, which I haven't played, uh, but apparently the solo mode is great too. So try that out if you want to. Uh, but I would rate the game like definitely an 8 out of 10. I will get back to you guys when I play it again to see how I feel about it on a second playthrough. Uh, but so far it's an 8 out of 10. I really, really enjoyed it. It was super duper fun. Uh, once I have a better mind for how it works and all that stuff, I will, I'm sure I'll like it even more because I like depth in games. So... Barrage gets the stamp of approval from me. Uh, not that that matters, but uh, I really worry that this podcast is just going to kind of cut off and I don't want to have to do a part two. So um, thank you for listening. This has been Analysis Paralysis. My name is Luke Holt. Please play Barrage. Don't go see Chaos Walking. And peace. <laughs>